Welcome to the Summer Wrap. This is your host, Juan Matalva. Today, I'll be joined by Trey Rowland of former Rollcast fame and now Triple Option Glory. He, uh, he uh, along with Adam Brown and Kevin Little, make up the Triple Option video series. Uh, you make, make sure to check them out and check out X's and Knowles on YouTube. Uh, we're going to be talking about the name, image, and likeness uh, partnership that Seminole Boosters is, is going to be engaged in. A little bit about the spring game. Got the, the visitor list pulled up. See who's going to be coming recruit-wise to the game. Uh, some of the departures from the FSU basketball team. The the success FSU is having on the baseball diamond. And then our weekly FSU sports wrap-up. We're going to talk a little bit about all the successful sports that FSU has. That and more on tonight's Seminole Wrap. So, Trey, welcome back. One of our frequent guests. Everyone knows Trey Rowland. He still has a beautiful caterpillar of a mustache how are you doing buddy i'm doing good happy easter to you and all of the montalvos and all of the listeners families it was a wonderful day a nice balmy 79 degrees in iowa so uh i don't know what i don't know what the weather's like in florida might have been one of the first times where we beat you guys as far as like niceness of the weather um i imagine that to be a one-day winning streak but i am doing lovely my face looks like a million dollars and i just it's always a pleasure to be back Happy to have you. And, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can count on your hand every, uh, the number of days each year where you have a better climate than we do. So yeah, it's one, it's been one so that. far. Yeah. One. Exactly. And I think <laughs> you may, you may, you may hit four or five by the end of the year, but that's about it. But, uh, yeah, happy to have you on. I had a good little Easter myself. Uh, my, my kid's about one and a half and he got his first Easter egg hunt. Uh, he didn't get to eat most of the chocolates I did. So I think I'm the real winner on that one. Ah, that's good. So it sounds like you had a good one. Mine was, Mine was tough. I was a little, I was a little late on my Easter. Didn't, uh, didn't get to the grocery store in time. I heard so there was they a ham debacle. Yeah. So they didn't have the, uh, like the idiot proof, like spiral sliced hams that come in like the foil. They have like the packet. Uh, those were all bought up. So I could either get a Smithfield salted caramel ham. Uh, I don't suffer from a crippling mental illness. So I passed on that. So <laughs> I had to get like the the frankenham just the big unsliced gross like ten dollar ham i had to like diamond score it up i had to make my own glaze it turned out somehow to be edible but it was tough man i was fighting against a pretty a pretty uncooperative ham but the family ate and they didn't tell me it sucked to my face so it's been good but what's not a poverty edition is i think this edition of the seminal rap one because we got stuff to talk about we got stuff to we got stuff to say. Oh yeah, we got a we got a spring game this coming weekend. We got a uh, you know the Masters this weekend. I mean, not that 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 uh you know we're a big uh, pro golf podcast, but Brooks Kepka does look like he's going to be playing, so that's a big FSU tie, and then he's always a favorite to 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 win a major. Always the golf. ultimate golf bro. We love Brooksy here. Oh yeah, Blake Kepka is one of my favorite athletes out there. Uh, especially one of my favorite FSU alumni athletes out there. Uh, I mean, got some got we got we got some interesting baseball stuff to talk about. You know, the FSU baseball team won a series. That's not too bad, I think. Uh, UNC, <laughs> you know, I think it's better than the alternative, man. This yeah, is, it's a very insightful commentary so far. <laughs> yeah, they won. I think that's good. So that's positive. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about. Um, so there was a, a trustee meeting this week where Seminoles Booster CEO Mike Alford was there speaking. Uh, you met you. Uh, the listeners out there may have heard him on the podcast with Perry a few months back when he first got the job. 
he's been doing a lot of interesting stuff, changing a lot of how the boosters is operating. Um, the booster organization needed a little bit of, you know, modernization. Um, you know, Andy Miller was, was very successful for a long time in that role, but he was the only CEO that Seminole boosters had ever had, uh, and was, you know, did a great job building it from what, it, from the nothing that was Florida state football before, let's say 1975 to, you know, the juggernaut that it became in the nineties and briefly in the early 2010s. And now it's time for them to modernize a little bit. And part of that is, uh, is, is this, the, the, the change that came into law this year, where players are going to be able to profit off their names, images, and likeness. They call it the NIL. Uh, and Mike Alford, the Seminole Booster CEO, I just mentioned, he announced that they are going to have a partner to announce this spring, I think he said in April, who will be helping student-athletes at Florida State. And that doesn't mean just football. It includes, you know, from golf to track to swimming, you name it help those those folks monetize their their likeness and be able to get a little bit extra cash for what they're doing out there for the school. Yeah. So number one, a lot of things to unpack when you talk about Mike Alford. What what continues to be a very impressive hire. Uh that organization, Seminole Boosters, it needed some juice. It needed some new ideas. It needed some new vision. It needed some leadership. It needed some creative ways to reach out to a booster base that was has quite honestly been dwindling and in real need of excitement because the product on the field has been moribund to say the least. It's been very, uh, it's been very sour, hasn't been very refreshing. Um, and the boosters have contended that just, just, they continue to dwindle since that national championship season. So You've got the the name, image, and likeness stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, it was also released this week some planned uh, possible renovations to Dope Campbell Stadium. I don't know if that's something that you want to get into as well. Uh, I thought all, all the stuff that I heard from that, there, there was definitely a lot of positives. I know it kind of split the fan base. Anytime you start talking about like stadium capacity reductions, which is what was mentioned in that, everybody starts to get like the hairs on the back of their neck raised a little bit, but that's something we can get into after this. Now, the name, image, and likeness stuff, it's interesting to me because it seems that now the decisions on which athletes can profit off it, it seems like it's mostly state-level decisions, right? It's it's on a state-by-state basis. Nothing's been federalized. I know the NCAA is looking to to federalize it because they're just worried about competitive differences, like like they're an actual real organization, except – a sham money collection agency when the March Madness tournament rolls around, but I know they're worried, but well, it's state by state right now, right? Yeah. So um, California was the first state to pass an actual bill that included legislation, you know, and language that impacts college sports directly. They were the first ones that said college athletes are going to be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And so they were going to do it on a rolling, like a two or three year basis. And then Florida decided last year, all right, screw it. We're going to set it up that uh, in, in this last session in 2020, they passed a bill that in July, 2021, all the schools in Florida will be eligible to Ooh, begin doing coming up soon. Coming yeah, up so soon. that alone is a major, major boost to, to potential recruiting for any sports. I mean, you know, cause if you, if you think about some of the folks that Florida States had in non-revenue sports, one name that was brought up was Dana Castellanos, who was the, uh, I believe uh Colombian player who played for uh big for soccer Florida star, State. very, yeah. very talented soccer star on the international level, one yep. of the best players for a country. 
And there's a lot of these people too. I think the Connecticut women's basketball player, I forget her name. Is it Paige Beckers or Bukers or something? There's, there's a lot of these athletes that are coming in that have like a large, like Twitch following and they have large online presences. Like for a perfect example, um, like a Zion Williamson or a Mac McClung, the Texas tech basketball player who got viral from dunking. There's some of these kids that come with a large amount of kind of cachet that they can't really capitalize all off of while they're in school or they were able to capitalize off it before they were in there. And then you got kind of draconian NCAA policies. And it's been with the internet as always, it's made things a lot more confusing. Yeah. It's, it's difficult because you, you know, you have someone like the Castellanos who at being an international star, but with, you know, decided to play college soccer, she had no way to, she couldn't sign an endorsement deal. I mean, and you're talking about a legitimate top international player. I mean, Correct, can you imagine yeah. if, you know, let's say 19 year old Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't able to get a shoe deal. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. And so the same applies to someone like a Dana Castellanos or the Paige Bukers, uh, the, the, the dunk dude, McClung. I mean, there's, there's any dunk dude, of, great nickname, copyrighted. If you have it, Mac, I know you listen, bud. He is a firm listener of the program. Um, and there's just a lot of those out there that look, there's a lot of players who are just going to be going pro in something other than sports. They don't have any sort of following who are just not going to have much marketability and not really make any significant additional monies off these sort of things. But then you have those, those, those people who are big stars in their own rights from other things they're doing. And, you know, let's say that uh, you've got a kid who's a big esports gamer, and right now they're not technically regulated through the NCAA. But those guys, they're all huge on Twitch, all that sort of stuff, and they can make serious money playing, you know, playing those games. And they couldn't do that if it was regulated under the NCAA. So, I mean, in my opinion, restricting the kids from making money off their own name, image, and likeness is... I don't think it's necessarily fair. I think that they should at the very least be allowed to capitalize on what they've built before high school, you know, I mean, they or, or before college rather, you know, that if they are a popular internationally known person, why is the NCAA able to tell them, no, sorry, you can't make any, any money despite the fact that everyone knows your name. It'll, it'll be interesting. Cause there's, and we can, we could take it back to like veer it back to like Florida state. There's definitely players specifically like in the glory days, where if this was a law, an actual thing, there's players that could have most certainly been profiting off their own name, image, and likeness at Florida State. Whether it's a kid who came in with extreme amounts of high school hype, like a Cam Akers, a guy who was one of the best players in the country, one of the best players in the history of Mississippi, a known entity, or kids that kids that really exploded while they were in Tallahassee. You know, the basketball team, there's definitely could have been some guys It'll, it'll be interesting in anything right now with Florida state's product on the field. And I know this applies to all sports. I always veer it back towards football because I'm a single-minded Neanderthal. Anything, we are, it is the tail that wags the dog at the end of the day, anything, anything that could help as far as a competitive recruiting advantage, be like, Hey, these, and I know one of Mike Norvell, a lot of his pitch is, Hey, they always talk about life after football. You listen to all these recruiting interviews. It's like, Oh, these guys talk to me about life. They talk to me about being successful in life. 
part of that package is when you partner with a name, image, and likeness partner, like, Hey, we are going to make you successful. We're going to make you a brand. You start seeing some of these kids come in with like, they, they have their own logos and stuff. I know Amari Gaynor, I think like has his own logo. Like there's kids that are very, the, the idea of building a personal brand, it seems to be, it's a lot more widespread with, with the youth these days. And if Florida state is going to be proactive about it and they're in a state that allows players to profit off it. It's just another, it's just another geographical recruiting advantage until this thing either gets federalized or the NCAA gets blown up or whatever, whatever apocalypse scenario. But until then I'm good with it. No other state passed any NIL laws. Just let us continue to do it. And um, it's evil in Texas. You hear it. It's evil, especially South Carolina. Listen, it's, don't you don't want any of the players that play in the state of South Carolina to profit off their image? I promise you, South Carolina listeners, don't pass anything about it at all. Any of the Carolinas, stay away. Yeah, no, that would not be a good thing uh, at all. <laughs> but yeah, like speaking to that, I mean, going back to the legislative aspect of it, F- Florida really is the only southeastern state that's done it. So I mean, we're recruiting obviously primarily in Florida and Georgia, and being one of the first early adopters, one of the first ones to get out there is such a big competitive advantage when it comes to recruiting. I mean, knowing that, you know, they're, they're going to have spring game visitors this weekend, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but they're going to be able to tell those guys, Hey, we're partnering with a name image and likeness partner. Who's going to be able to help you uh, get a little bit of extra cash while you're in school. And who knows what that is uh, at this point, you know, it's, lo- it's, it's still a long ways down the road until we understand what the final ramifications of something like this are going to be, but they can say that. And the coaches for Georgia, Kirby smart can't go in there and say that Nick Saban can't go in there and say that Dabo Swinney can't go in there and say that. So it's a huge competitive advantage to be able to give that to a kid in Georgia, in South Carolina and Alabama, where, you know, those guys are just dominant recruiters and Listen, this is something they don't have. I agree. They can still funnel their dark church money, their laundered <laughs> fake dirty money, but they can't say that, which I'm fine with. And I'll tell you, there are kids and it'll be interesting to see. I know that you guys are going to have some follow-up interviews and I know Perry, Perry Costadakis, our editor in chief. I'll be interested. I, I would like somebody to start touching on that aspect and maybe some of these like coaching interviews like, Hey, what, like now that this thing is coming into law in July, is it something that you're mentioning to the recruits? How do you present it? I'd be interested to hear. I know it's being talked about. I just, I'd like to have some confirmation of it, but like I said, you know that there's some athletes who have left some money on the table. Like think about Ricky Aguayo, how much money could he have gotten with a turtle wax sponsorship? The kid could have been rolling. In turtle money, right? Well, he waxed that turtle, that's for sure. <laughs> R.I.P. Turtle, always. Oh, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Bud Thacker, he was he was a Geico sponsorship because he was literally the Geico caveman with a helmet on. I think that was big while he was playing. There was just money left on the table for these guys, and they should have access to it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of folks who disagree, who don't think they, they should be comp- compensated and that the scholarship should be enough. And for, you know, 95% of college athletes, that's going to be the case. Um, you know, they did add, add cost of living stipends. So these kids are getting an extra five to eight grand a year, depending on where they live, that sort of thing. But that's, you know, not, <laughs> let's put it this way. Cam Newton, we know the price tag that was on his recruitment. Um, we have general ideas on some other uh, illicit details, which we, you, you, we, you've all heard about 
you know, jobs for family and houses. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how many of these top recruits families happen to move to the same college town and get jobs pretty easily. Um, so it's, it, it's going to take some of the under the table money and put it on, on the table and make it above board. But that's never going to, that's never going to stop the under the table money from flowing. Cause even if let's say Cam Akers was able to, you know, get a, uh let's see what's a reputable mississippi brand none exists uh and get them to <laughs> get them to sponsor him uh he he would still you know probably be getting whatever under the is table golden flake is golden flake mississippi i feel like i feel like they they feel like a mississippi potato chip to me golden flake well, there's no potatoes grown in Mississippi, so it's my knowledge. Ever, so I don't bro. know about that. where the HQ is. I'm not saying it's like Dublin or anything, but yeah, man, I agree with you. And you're even a nicer person than me. I don't really care if any college athletes get paid, except for Florida State's. I don't care if any other teams can pay their school, but if we can pay ours with dark money and real money to get the best ones, that's all I care about. Not a very journalistic take, I know, but I am. Well, this is one of those things that can help jumpstart recruiting too. I mean, if it, it gives you that much, that the little extra differentiation. I mean, one thing like, you know, and and you and I are both in sales, and you know, differentiation is always a big selling point. You know, when when you come to market with a new product, differentiation is critical. And you know, when you're selling a widget, you know, you're you're selling the ability to play at a football program you're going to have a good weight room. You're going to have a good stadium. You're going to have a good facility, a good locker room, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're able to get them something else, that's the selling point these guys offer. I mean, you know, Saban's going to tell you he's going to run a professional program. It's going to take you to the NFL. Dabo's going to tell a kid, I'm going to be your personal priest. Uh, Kirby Smart's going to be able to sell the NFL angle too. I mean, stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, going back a little further like jeff tedford got nfl uh, quarterbacks to the nfl same with jimbo fisher so certain people are able to, to differentiate the way they recruit and now mike norvell's got something completely different from any of his main regional competitors to offer yeah that's true and i, I think it th- that'll probably we'll see how long that competitive advantage lasts because i'm sure there's other college coaches that are like hey we expect this law to be passed here pretty soon this is what we can do for you so i think it'll probably be that way but as of right now they're there not isn't. tangible. It's something different. Um, speaking of differences, before we move on to the spring visitor list, because Jesus Christ, you, you put it on, you put it on a list, and it's like a Game of Thrones novel. Like it's the, the visitor list is ridiculously impressive right now, and it continues to grow as the days go on. But speaking of differences, what what was your take on the stuff, the the differences that they plan to do to Dope Campbell? Do you want me to kind of run down what I guess what they're thinking first, or? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you spoke to the reduced seating capacity. Um, you know, they did the Champions Club, which uh, I think if you had done that in 1995, it would be a smashing success. Uh, but with an unsuccessful football team and HDTV, it's it's you know people people aren't aren't necessarily going to pay a huge premium for stuff like that. Um, but they're giving the newest or the, you know, longtime season ticket holders an opportunity, the first opportunity to upgrade into these new things. Why don't you run down all these new upgrades they're talking about? So it looks like the new changes are, and, and it all comes back to Michael Alford wanting to, wanting to enhance the experience. When you're talking about a remote city like Tallahassee, far away from everything, hard to fly to, hard to get to, you're basically committed to spending the night if you're not local. You've got to make the enticement great enough to where 
I don't mind driving seven hours for this. And I have this beautiful TV and all of this beer in my fridge. Like I need to give them something that's going to entice the people to come. So it looks like they're, they're adding more, the more variation in the seating options. They're going to add seat backs. They're going to add lower level club seats. They're going to add kind of, it looks like standing room only like table seating as opposed to right now. I think they have like three, three options, right? It's like club suite and then bench. They said they're going to go from like three seating options to like seven. So it sounds like they're almost going to add like a seating middle class. Like if you have a, if you have a family, you drive up from Orlando, you don't want to pay, like you don't want to just smash vodka crayons in front of your, your family and kids, but maybe you want a seat back. Now you have an option to do that. So they're going to add seat backs. They're going to have differentiated seating. Um, I don't know exactly what else they're going to do. There's always, there's always talk and this wasn't mentioned of like adding Wi-Fi or what else they're going to do to enhance the game experience. That'll be interesting to see. Cause I know Alfred's on the front, the kind of like the bleeding edge of all that sort of stuff. But to do that, I think you're going to reduce the seating capacity around 10,000 seats. So Doak will have a seating capacity around like 70 K, which I know that I know that kind of irks people, but I think they've been talking about seating capacity reductions being needed at Florida state for a long time now. And to me, instead of just ripping out bleachers, the fact that you're going to be able to and accomplish your goal of reducing the seating capacity, which, you know, that's subjective, whether you think it's necessary or not. I know a lot of important people do the fact that you're going to be able to achieve that goal while also being able to enhance the fan experience. I like that. Um, hopefully that's the big thing is the enhancing the fan experience. Cause I mean, and like you said, let's, let's compare it to uh, you know, they, they have three options right now, sweet, cl- the club, the champions club and bench basically like you said yeah so right now it's like being on a regular delta flight uh you got your economy you got your your delta comfort you know you're sort of middle slightly better than a coach and then you've got your your first class now you're going from having those three options and previously you know you just had suites and you just you know basically lie flat seats and uh and and spirit airlines in the back you you're couldn't right. even recline your chair. Now you're actually going to have seat backs in certain areas. I mean, I think the more options you have, the better, because you're going to be able to offer economical choices, like the, the standard bench seats without a seat back. You're going to have, like you said, you, you, you're not the, the folks who don't want to smash 20 vodka cranberries and, and, and sit on a hot seat. There's, there's the more op- options they have and the better experiences that are available that much, the better. I mean, one thing that Michael Alford knows well the stadiums i mean he was working for the dallas cowboys when they opened right. jerry world and i think that's a big factor here is is if there's there's someone who's acquainted with how to put together a premium modern stadium for fan experience purposes michael alford's been around that i mean he that's i don't know if you've been able to go to a game there or any of the other modern stadiums but i'm not no no I'm, I'm a caveman no i have not i, I went not. for the oklahoma state game in 2014 and it's it's unlike anything, any, any other stadium I've ever been to. It's beautiful. I mean, you know, the concourses are easy to get to walk into, get a sure. beer, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it, adding the convenience of being able to have a beer, just having a beer in your seat. I mean, you, I, I know that you don't necessarily want it to be a pro football corporate experience, but you got to have some creature comforts. I mean, uh, no yeah. Campbell stadium some is suds with the birds. Yeah, exactly. Man. 
Doug Campbell Stadium <laughs> has been stuck in you know the 80s for a long time. I mean, it's pure cement right now for 90% of the seats, and you've got to be able to make it a little bit more comfortable. I mean, if you're sitting in the hot sun side on concrete for hours, you've got to you've got to make that that a little bit more comfortable of an experience to get people to to drive seven hours, stay two night minimums in a hotel, which they will go back to when Florida State is good. You can guarantee that. Um, but they, I mean, I live right now in West Palm beach. It's a seven hour drive. I'm not going up there to watch a bad product. Obviously it comes down to the product they're putting on the field, but if, if it's that much more comfortable to go to, that may be the edge and getting a couple more people to come. Maybe not all the way from South Florida, but some more of your Jacksonville folks, your Atlanta folks, your Tampa, Orlando, your more four, four hour type drives. I mean, that makes it that much more worthwhile and experience to take your kids to, to take your friends to customers, et cetera. Right. So you're going to, you're going to decrease the supply of the seats. Hopefully that'll, you know, demand will follow and you'll have a packed stadium. So I listen, I, I, on the whole, I do, I like all the changes because it's something you needed to do anyway. So I like the changes. The only thing that I'm worried about, my favorite thing about college football and Michael Alford mentioned pro stadiums as being the, not the, not the competition because they're not going to be able to compete with like the pro experience, but that's like the, that's the experience that a lot of these people that are driving into town are used for, you know, cause they live in Tampa, they live near Miami, maybe the Orlando magic games, things like that. So he wants to go for more of a pro style experience. It's not going to be the full thing. My only concern, I'm not really concerned about capacity reductions. I don't really care about that too much. I love the uniqueness of college football. I like the stadiums that are loud. I don't mind the ones that are dumpy. I like the ones that have a lot of history. I love the energy of a college football game. I am one of the people that I'm worried about a full, and I don't think it's going to happen, but my biggest concern would be like the full homogenization, the corporatization of a Florida State football game. I never want a Florida State football game to feel like a Miami Dolphins football game. And I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I don't like the energy in the stadium. I don't like the experience as a viewer, I just, I, I, it feels subdued and I've never watched a Florida state game. Even when they're bad, my emotions are always heightened. And it's why I gravitate towards college football more than any other sport. I love the pageantry. I love the experience. I love the energy in the stadium. I don't think that these enhancements are going to dampen that just because the emotion surrounding college football in the South is too high. But if I had one concern, I don't want to push it to too far the other way, man. Cause I will, cause if, <laughs> if the Florida, if, if the college football experience starts to become nerfed and softened and dampened to where it's just NFL light with worse defenses, I'm going to be, I can't say bad words on here. I'm going to be perturbed because that's my only yeah. concern. Other than that, I like all the changes, but man, just don't, it's still got to be loud. It's still got to be dope. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you're I always going to struggle to make the seats Doke a loud good, stadium. Yeah, I mean, so. just because the nature of the Doke being an open bowl and just the angle of everything. I mean, if you – not to – you know, you hate to constantly compare yourself to your rival, but the Swamp is just a much better stadium for acoustics. 
you're not going to be as loud as the swamp can get just because nice. I'll never swamp... compliment that place. I know. I mean, but you're being objectively built... correct. Yeah. You're being very right. Like I agree. I'm not going to compliment it. So I'm just going to let you go on this. Oh, it's not a compliment. It's simply a matter of <laughs> physics and acoustics. Uh, their fans are dog, <laughs> but it, um, <laughs> I, hold on. We're going to have to get a, what? A Why? Out. Uh, oh, yeah. Bleep that Perry. It's fine. Keep bleep, going. Bleep, 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 bleep. Um, ah, you but... did it first. <laughs> Yeah, but so, uh, you know, the the I, I'm not going to compliment their fans or say that they're louder than ours or anything like that, but it's just simply a matter of physics. You know, the acoustics are better in that stadium. And quite the contrary, the stadium's actually a crutch for their for their baby tissue lunged fans. That's right. <laughs> they, get, they get a lot of that sort of pro fan. I feel like, you know, I've gone to a couple of games in the swamp and it definitely, you know, while it still has a full college atmosphere, it's not the same as, as dope in my opinion. And that's probably purely biased and probably not a hundred percent. Okay. Bad. You're allowed that's to it's feeling. the seminal rap brother. Exactly. This is not the Gator rap. This is not the, uh, the, cho- the, 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 the choke it dope, uh, podcast there. Well, I guess it, it kind of is, but, um, but yeah, no, I think it, like you said, if it goes too far in the direction of making it, stad and and like the dormant sterile like a sterile environment i feel like a lot of nfl games besides the the ones in the northeast with the psycho people that don't have good college football every other environment feels sterile it really does that's gonna happen just because of exactly what you're saying i mean the passion that college football fans have i mean look i went to florida state and i you know, live and breathe Florida State sports. I mean, that's it's just something that, you know, since my first game, it's been, you know, that was that. That's it. You know, you fall in love with the atmosphere. You fall in love with the school. It brings back memories. I mean, the pageantry, all of it. I mean, you know, when 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 Renegade comes out there and Osceola plants a spear, there's nothing like it. And I don't think that's going to change if you got a seat back on a seat. And if there's 10,000 less people in the stadium. You know what I mean? Not for my old back. I'm getting, I'm getting up there. I'm thirties have hit me hard. It, it's good for facial hair growth, but yeah, I'm a back. I, I could use a seat back guys. I just, I'm a, I'm a weak man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that long-term it's something that you're, you're going to see happen at, you know, virtually every college football stadium and Florida state is particularly geographically challenged in, in being able to get fans here. I don't think you're even, even with, you know, good winning football team, I don't think you'd be able to fill 85,000 seats regularly again, even, even when they were doing re- 2013, they didn't sell it every game. I mean, that's the thing. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's good for or, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I think they, I think they sold out every game, but you know, brought in a few schools and stuff like that to fill out the rest by, by giving away tickets, that sort of thing. But it's just, you know, even, places like norman oklahoma where the town it's like a norman is like the green bay of college football like there are just diehard fans that live within an hour of that place who show up almost no matter what and even even uh norman has run into issues the nebraska's run into issues i mean places where they don't have geographic issues that challenge them although those are places in the middle of nowhere with nothing else going on which is their main main advantage but you know our alumni base goes away from their 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 alma mater i mean you are probably what a 15 hour drive tallahassee from iowa i'm 20 from jacksonville because that's where i moved from so So it's like 18 yeah 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 depending on how quick i want to mosey down the country road yeah Yeah, so i'm an extreme example of that case 
Yeah. And, you know, you, the FSU main alumni bases, and this is something that Mike Alford talked about with, with, in the context of this conversation, is in Tampa, Miami, Orlando, Atlanta, Jacksonville. Not Tallahassee. Tallahassee is a town that's not that big. I mean, you know, it's it's just not a place that's going to be able to put eighty thousand people in the stadium all the time. And you know, like you said, the little the the the, the decrease in supply is going to help because you know the, the the demand. If you have a good program and if you have a good experience, will be there. But it's not going to be there for eighty five thousand seats like it used to be thirty years ago. Right. Winning is the ointment. You win, yeah. it'll get full. Now, speaking of sellouts. How about this segue? Spring game coming up. Big visitor list. That's seeming to be a sellout one. You want to talk about some of the kids that are going to be showing up for the spring game? April 10th, by the way. Very interesting. It looks like they're going to have, um, I saw like the celebrity. They're going to have like celebrity coaches, right? So one yep, they've team. Got, uh, yeah, Andy go Staples. Ahead. They've got yep. Andy Staples and Heather Dinich. Or not Heather Dinich, sorry. Andrea uh, Adelson. Yes. Uh, and the other two were. Big Gene Deckerhoff and my close personal friend jeff cameron not really i spoke with him once on a podcast and i make fun of him on twitter close enough to be friends um <laughs> that'll be good i listen i i'm gonna have to i i gotta give the early edge to gene and jeff um if not for points on the field definitely for blood alcohol level uh they're definitely gonna have the most fun so i'm i'm team gene and jeff as of right now i don't know about you you're kind of you're a dork so you might go with the sports nerd people well, I got to say, I'm a big Andy Stables fan. Guy likes good oh, I knew you would. college football, but I'm not going to root against Gene Deckerhoff. And I'm not How could you? Golden I mean, and Jeff Cameron, you know, obviously a lot of our listeners who are die are all our listeners are diehard fans. If they're listening to an FSU specific podcast, they probably listen to Jeff Cameron or have listened to Jeff Cameron. Jeff is, you know, I don't know how he manages to do three hours a day talking about FSU sports every day. But that guy's a master. I mean, he is one of the best people around FSU sports. He's a great person. If you ever get a chance to meet him, super friendly. I met him one time. They did a, a, a Friday show at Corner Pockets. Uh, drove out there and got a chance to talk with him for a while. And and he's he does a really good job. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Seminole Headlines was probably the first big FSU podcast to come out. Um, I think uh, Seminole Rap is a much better podcast, but I might be slightly biased. Oh, oh, uh, oh. Wars! I always love Pod Wars. I didn't say it. Well, I'm dead. Uh, yeah, Pioneers of Radio, both of them. I mean, Gene Deckerhoff, there's, you know, sometimes it's more fun to listen to the radio call of the game just because Gene Deckerhoff's a lot more fun. I mean, you know, if you've got like, you know, Sean McDonough is a great play-by-play uh, 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 -play guy, but nobody beats Gene Deckerhoff. I mean, he is FSU sports. Yeah, I agree. And McDonough is objectively good, but he uh, I don't like his face. I don't like Sean yeah. McDonough's face. Also, if you do listen to both, um, I also agree that Jeff's great. Don't tell him I said that. Tell him that Trey Roland called him a dirty, smelly jabroni who has is in poor physical health and tag him on the Internet and tell him that I said it. And uh, we can rumble the next time I meet him in Tallahassee. Now, the recruits that these guys are going to be stunting in front of, as the kids like to say. You want me to go down the list, Juan? i got a list here in front of me. And it's, go right it's ahead. Ever it's ever a good list. All right. So we've got Nico Marchiol, four-star QB, the Florida State commit, going to be joined by potential other. Who knows which one of these kids are going to commit. Four-star quarterback from Arizona, A.J. Duffy. Four-star dual-threat quarterback, M.J. Morris. That'll be interesting. Florida State always said that they're going to take two quarterbacks in the class. Nico's in. All, you know what? A fun bell cow recruiter 
going like meeting up with other prospects. He's doing a lot of work on the Kevin Coleman's and the Damari Alston's a four star running super active on social he's, media. Oh, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Love him. So Nico's one who's going to be QB two. Um, I don't know. I really don't know at this point. MJ Morris has called Florida state the leader AJ Duffy. It's been said around and always check out Tomahawk nation's recruiting thread with Josh pick and David stout. They run it. Um, it looked like it was going to be Arizona state for a while for AJ Duffy, but he held off his commitment. So a lot of intrigue going into, uh, the, the spring game on April 10th, sticking on offense. I mentioned four-star target Demari Alston's going to be there three-star running back. Uh, somebody who we're really hot and heavy on, which is not weird to talk about with a high school prospect. There's a couple of grown men. Jalen Glover's going to be there. Let's get to the trenches. Four-star offensive lineman Julian Armella is going to be there. Uh, Florida State legacy, huge position in need. Uh, we got uh, an interior guy, Kanaya Charlton, a guy there's a lot of uh, – Brendan Sinone, 24-7 sports zone. Brendan Sinone put in a crystal ball for Kanaya Charlton with a confidence level of 10 on last week's triple option. Checking it out on the X's and Knowles Facebook page. That's an interior guy. Uh, three-star offensive tackle, Dashi Richardson. Uh, three-star offensive lineman. I think he's a tackle. Ali Uba is going to be there. So we got some guys in the trenches. One of the Quincy top Matt, teams out there, too. What'd you say? One of the better names out there, too. Ali yeah, Uba. dope name. Very dope. Ali Uba. Yeah, very dope name. We love dope names here on the Seminole Rap. Uh, Devon Mortimer, Quincy McAdoo, two three-star wide receivers that are committed to us currently. Going to be joined by four-star wide receiver Greg Gaines. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good stuff on the, on the defensive line, which I love shout out to the trenches trench boys here, five-star defensive end Shamar Stewart, four-star defensive end Kenyatta Jackson, four-star defensive end current Florida state commit Nigel at Kelly, who is a freak of nature, five-star defensive tackle, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy four-star former Miami D commit hate to see it. Brandon Cleveland, defensive tackle prospect, Bishop Thomas. Um, we're looking good. We're looking, we're looking real good. I've got the list in front of me. I guess I'll just keep going down at four-star linebacker, Wesley Besaint, four-star linebacker prospect, Jerron Willis, three-star EJ Lightsey, five-star DB, and my personal favorite human in the entire universe right now, Travis Hunter is going to be there. Five-star Sam McCall, Florida State commit, five-star Dion Bowie, Georgia commit's going to be there. He's a DB. And the list goes on and on. Uh, Four-star, God, oh, my God, there's so many. Five-star 2023 receiver Brandon Emmis is going to be there. LeBron Green Jr., four-star defensive end, 2023 boots. I'm getting out of air talking about this. The list is massive. Check it out on Tomahawk Nation. Are you, was that, I mean, just running down that list, was that 20 blue chip players that are going to be there this Saturday? <laughs> Yeah, I, those I just close. read the blue chips, and <laughs> there's so. Listen, check it out. Check it out on Tomahawk Nation. There's a whole ton more. Some other really good Florida State commits, like what 2024 commit Cam Davis is gonna be there. There's it's, it's stacked. It's stacked. It's the biggest, most star-studded recruiting event since the first Saturday Night Lights when like Willie Taggart had Kayvon Thibodeau fly around and he was like at FAMU and stuff. Um, say what you want about Willie Taggart. That that era ended the way that it did. But uh, that first Saturday Night Lights was massive. And this spring game, it's uh, it's looking to be the same, man. Like it's I'm it's extremely, extremely 
uh, impressive. It makes me enthusiastic, optimistic about the product, and uh, it's going to be good, man. I'm ready to Dirt, roll. Dirty Mike and the boys are getting out there and doing the work. I mean, they're getting I the feel, guys to like show I said, up. I don't. Yeah, no, no insider info on this, but I'm feeling at least a couple commits, two to three. I feel like two to three, you're going to come out with two to three commits from this weekend. Well, yeah. Once they hear about the name, image, and likeness partner, they're all they're going to be all in, baby. See, once the, as they listen to the Seminole rap, as they're being driven to the stadium by their handlers, uh, they're going to know that it's time to just pull the trigger. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, and, I'm and, excited. And for even more detail, check out the uh, recruiting thread on Tomahawk Nation. And uh, we had a really good deep dive this week into the 2022 uh, offensive line prospects by David Stout, uh, Nolther and through and Joshua Pick on the site. Check that out as, that out as well. I mean, there's going to be uh, there's going to be an embarrassment of riches as far as recruits go this weekend. And plenty to talk about on the recruiting thread for it. Let's move on to basketball uh season's over Leonard Hamilton's having his surgery um and we lost a couple of folks from the team this week Raekwon Gray declared for the NFL draft more you know great for him I mean, NBA gonna... but yeah he's big enough he could play in the NFL yeah that's a good uh good correction uh different sport <laughs> uh sport entirely NFL drafts next week or in two weeks so I don't think he's gonna have enough time to prepare for that um but yeah so he declared for the NFL and the NBA draft and uh, he's he's uh, he, he will not be here next year and neither will Nathaniel Jack, who announced he's going to be entering the transfer portal. He received a few more minutes this year. Good role player for this FSU team. But with what they've got coming in, I mean, it, it, it's it's hard not to to be, you know, super optimistic about the, 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 the team next year, despite these couple of losses. Yeah, totally. Two different ends of the spectrum on this. You lose Raekwon Gray, one of your best players uh, throughout the season, a guy that's improved immensely since he stepped foot on campus, a little bit of a body transformation. Um, Truly a ham special, big body. Yeah, guy. man. Solid, just a solid uh, multifaceted player. I'm going to be interested to see where, where, what his role is in the modern NBA. I think he's somebody who could carve out a niche for himself. I don't know if it's like a Draymond green, like light type player. I'm not a basketball. I'm not like a basketball expert, but uh, I, I think, I think a team's definitely going to take a flyer on him, man. Really good prospect. And then Nathaniel Jack, a guy uh, average about like three points a game with a, with all the talent, the influx of guys that are coming in, just more really good recruits. Uh, Caleb Mills, who's a Houston transfer. There's there's not going to be enough minutes for a guy that only averaged three points a game last year. So it seems like a good guy. Had nothing but good things to say about the program on the way out. But um, it's, I feel good about the team next year, man. I think it's going to be pretty loaded. So uh, on, to, on, to, on to 2022. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this FSU basketball team – this program has been just a lot of fun to watch these last few years. Another program that's on the come up is uh, the baseball program. They won. Love it. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a nice Easter eight nil drubbing of UNC today and that won them the series. So they, they had a nice, uh, they, they won two of the three games of the series. They did lose on Friday night. Connor Grady was super impressive today. And obviously, you know, in a shutout win, can't, can't say enough about the pitching. Um, and they beat Mercer midweek too. So I mean, you know, they they had a they had they had a bad week after their really really good week where they beat Miami and Florida. Um, but the, this is another good week, and it looks like they're a little bit for you know getting back to form and looking more like the baseball team we were, we were expecting them to be. 
dude, an all time week. That Miami, Florida week was a, that was an oh, all timer, man. man. For especially with just the way the way that they started and the way they've been able to kind of pull themselves up and the way that the offense has been starting to get some more consistency. It's been, it's been fun. It'll be interesting to see what the end product of this team actually is, but all indications are looking good. The team's ranked. They deserve to be ranked. It looks like the, the message of Mike Martin jr. The meaty, the meaty one himself, the message is resonating a little bit right now, but, I'm excited, man. I always like to see it. I'm a, I've become a big baseball guy over the past six, seven years. I love baseball. It's the time of the year. Opening day was a couple days ago. I'm just I, give me all the summer baseball and give me all the good Florida State summer baseball as all as always. Brett oh, Nevitt and Brett Nevitt, Tomahawk Nation. Follow my guy. Look at all his tweets. The the baseball guru of the Florida State baseball scene. It's not even particularly close. He's wonderful. Oh yeah, and we say that every week. I mean, Brett is we oh. are very. Well, I'm being redundant. Sorry. You know, Brett, yeah. you're not that good. Then don't want to fluff you up too much. <laughs> yeah, you're not that good. But make sure to listen if you're a diehard baseball fan. I mean, he's got a podcast, the only FSU baseball podcast to my knowledge, um, yeah. with Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt called Sunday Golds. Great name, great uniform, great content, uh, and those guys do a fantastic job. Make sure to check them out. So. Moving on from baseball, we we like to do every week. We try to try to look at what's happening in the whole world of FSU sports and do a weekly FSU sports wrap up. Uh, and this week, I mean, you, the, I think you really can't go past the top headline. I mean, right now there's seven non-revenue sports, and that you know that's you know not football, baseball, basketball, who are are in the top ten of their respective sports, which Ooh, is strong, the magnificent impressive. seven, one would say. Oh yeah, and some of it are you know are the teams that you'd expect: women's soccer. Um, the golf program is ranked number one right now. Oh, stun also, on them, boys! Stun on them, golf knolls. Also, uh, and the women's golf knolls are also in the top. Oh 10. yeah, equal opportunity, baby. That's right. We're crushing crushing balls. Equal opportunity, baby. Yeah, uh, balls don't stand a chance crushing balls in the beach volleyball segment oh I mean, sandy love it and on the grass and the clay women's tennis is doing it too oh my god every surface we're the best in oh and the only I sport feel sorry that doesn't for... have a surface uh, uh, a uh, a ball here men's track and field i guess shot put or, or uh that's you really your only uh ball in that sport but they're top 10 too balls discs spears just listen any surface any weapon any gender, we're ready to go. Florida State's better than you at everything. Uh, eventually, to be TBD in football, we will be eventually soon. Yeah, the, just softball's who, top ten too. But to round out that list, by the way. Oh yeah, love my love my lady, love my lady, my lady. No softball peeps. Listen, if you're a fan of any other school and you're listening to this podcast, I pity you and I pity you without mercy. It's just uh, it sucks to be you, and it's great to be us. So I love it. I love to have more objective data saying how much better it is to be a Florida state sports fan than anything else. Juan, this is great. I feel great going into my Monday. It's a really good like time to be an FSU sports fan. I mean, the, the renovations of Doak, all the stuff they're doing with the program. I mean, all the visitors are going to have this weekend for the spring game. Baseball's crushing it. I mean, basketball, you know, they're going to be very good. I mean, and we just talked about all the other sports. I mean, football's winning the off season. We're really, we're crushing the spring right now. Killing the love. press conferences, <laughs> crushing the off season. Yeah, no, but it's an exciting time in FSU sports. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm like cautiously optimistic about all of it. So 
I'm a happy camper. Me too, brother. Me too. We got anything else to, or you want to, you want to do the grand finale? You know, Trey, I will, uh, I'll let you do the grand finale for once. Go right uh, ahead. Wonderful. Buddy. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Juan. And thank you, everyone. Listen to me in your car and your headphones, your office. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your auditory lives. It's been a wonderful episode of the Seminole Rap, as it always is. Listen. Listen to the Seminole Rap every week. Subscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Rate us five stars multiple times. We appreciate it. Say something nice. That'd be cool, too. Listen to all of our affiliate products. Listen to me on the Triple Option on the X's and Knowles YouTube page. Listen to Sunday Golds. Listen to, to Matt Minnick's uh, FSU Basketball Podcast. Even though I don't think they're doing any episodes, listen to old episodes and give them a five-star rating as well. And go to Tomahawk Nation for the best Florida State sports in general, just information in general, bar none for free and do that. And we thank you as we often do. Uh, just, just, we love it, man. I know Juan loves it. I love it. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your lives. And just thank you for listening to this episode. And, uh, I think that's a wrap. There you go. That's a wrap. There you go. That's a wrap. Wrap, 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 wr